This is episode 83 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Gordon. This is episode 83 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. Thank you so much for checking this out. And uh, I am more excited to do this episode than any of the recent episodes uh, that I've recorded. And uh, it's a whole bunch of different reasons. But honestly, the main one is that I, I feel like I need to, in some ways, sort of dispel a little bit of just how much work it takes to actually do something. And uh, there's a lot of belief going around, it seems like anyway, the conversations I've had and the interactions that I've had, there's a lot of belief going around that um, it does that there's just really not much effort involved in building something, uh, not much effort required to build something from nothing. Um, and I think that there's a few reasons why this is happening. And uh, I just, I'm just really excited to talk about it and just kind of get it all out there. And one of the things that I want to put out here in the beginning is that, um, you know, it, it was never intended for this to happen. Um, but due to the, um, I'm going to use this term in quotes, the success that I've had on Amazon merch, merch by Amazon. Um, when I talk about that, that seems to get people excited. What I'm about to talk about in this episode is 100% directly tied to that and every other business platform or business plan or business model that you might have in mind. Okay. So just, you know, the, the asterisk that I've always put next to Amazon merch and any print on demand platform is that yes, it's simple, I guess that doesn't mean it's easy. And there is a passive component to it where you are able to sort of have funds like coming an income stream coming in on a regular basis without necessarily putting a tremendous amount of energy into that business to make those sales happen necessarily like every single day. It's, 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 it's a weird business model. It's not traditional, meaning you don't have to go out there and make every sale sort of thing. Um, but it's not passive and it's not going to like fill your bank account while you're off doing other things. It does take energy and it does take work. Um, so I'm going to get right into that. I'm going to, I'm going to dive deep. I just want to put that out up front. Um, because I, I think that a lot of people think that, a print-on-demand t-shirt business is simple, easy, and is incredibly lucrative without work. And that's just not the case. So uh, the the title of this podcast, um, I haven't titled it yet, but I think it's going to be something along the lines. Uh, it's going to be in the form of a question. And it's really, how hard are you really working? Um, so I want to put something into perspective also. I'm recording this episode on uh, a weeknight and it's a Thursday night. It's 8.30 p.m. currently. Um, I already worked 10 hours today at my day job. So at this point in time, I have a day job still, and it doesn't make any practical sense for me to leave that day job. So I'm still working that day job, and I, and I do get something out of it more than just money. So there's a, there's a few reasons. But anyway, I worked 10 hours at that day job, 
And then I came home and I have a family, as you all know. So I have, uh, I'm married to my wife and I have a six-year-old son and we've all got things going on. My wife works full-time. She's got her own stuff going on. Um, we've had a, a series actually of, of medical issues in the family over the past six to eight months. And we're still dealing with those on a daily basis. So we're, we've got things going on. Okay. I don't have unlimited free time. Um, but I'm recording this episode on a Thursday night and after this is done and after my son is in bed and, uh, after my wife is in bed, I'm going to continue working and I'm going to work until probably two in the morning, one, two in the morning. And that is not something that happens infrequently. All right. That that's a common thing for me. And I think that you'll find that that's a common thing for most people who are actually serious about building something. Now, right after this, what am I going to do? I'm going to be jumping on a Skype call. That's right. I have a coaching call. Um, not sure how long it's going to be. It's going to be probably at least a half hour, probably closer to an hour. And it's, <laughs> it's actually for merch. I'm going to be coaching somebody on, um, merch by Amazon. But anyway, that's taking place after this. Okay. And then after that, when that's all said and done, I have some stuff that I need to do and want to do to continue growing, um, so bam gear company. All right. So that's kind of like my primary physical products business that I'm trying to build. It's a, uh, a fitness, um, an athletic duffel bag and, and backpack and apparel company. It's, you know, high performance gear basically for gym goers and avid athletes and bodybuilders and powerlifters and things like that. So all that's taken place tonight. Okay. Now I've already worked 10 hours and the reason why I want to talk about all this stuff and, and start to try to, to, I guess, how did I say it? Demystify or, or dispel the illusion that, you know, the stuff is easy and simple and takes no effort and you can work 45 minutes, you know, every other day or an hour here and there and build something. Um, you know, the reason I want to bring all that up is because I have people that come into my life, <laughs> uh, either through the podcast or they, they know me personally or through a friend of a friend, uh, or, or some other reason. And they, they hear me talk about things like Amazon merch, or they hear me talk about building a physical products business on Amazon, or they hear me talk about uh, a much bigger scoped type of brand, like what I'm doing with Sobam gear company and, or a pod or growing a podcast, right. Or anything. And they immediately think that, you know, because I've already, you know, I have something to show that it's simple that they can just jump right in and do it. And yes, they can, but what they don't see is all the effort that it took to get to that point. And they don't see the effort that it takes day in and day out. And one particular person who has come to me recently wants to build a high five figure minimum, maybe into the six figures annually print on demand t-shirt business. Now that is very, very possible. Anybody can do that. I, I really believe that. Um, but like I said earlier in this episode, and like I've said before, building a merch by Amazon business and a, a print on demand business is not easy straight up. It's not easy. Now it's simple, like I said, but it's not easy. And when I say it's not easy, it's not just that the actual like day to day activity of getting 
designs created and figuring out how things really work and how sales really happen and how to take normal creative skills or, or, um, you know, graphic design skills or analytical skills and put them into that environment and actually figure it out. Um, that all takes time. That takes investment of your resources, energy. In addition to that, if you really want to scale that business model, I'll also tell you up front that it takes a financial investment. It doesn't, it's not significant. You're not investing capital into like inventory, for example, but what you are spending money on, what you are investing money into is your font libraries, um, maybe your open source or open license or extended license vector libraries. Um, the most, I th honestly, we talk about the fact that you can do damage on merch and do damage on print on demand platforms with uh, open, open source or, or free uh, software, you know, like GIMP and different software platforms like that. Basically every, you know, the, the free alternatives to Photoshop. Uh, and you can, you can do a lot of stuff with those, but you can't do nearly as much. And you can't create great designs with those. You can create really good designs if you know those software platforms really, really well, like inside and out. Um, I personally don't know anybody that has invested the energy into those. Instead, and honestly, this is what I think most people should do. If we're being real here, this is what I think most people should do. Spend the money on Adobe Creative Cloud. Either just Photoshop or just Illustrator or... I think it's like 50 bucks a month, get all of them. Because <laughs> it sounds like a lot, but if you haven't spent any money on a business and if you're looking at Merch by Amazon as a business, you probably don't have a side hustle or you know maybe you've dabbled a little bit, but you're kind of probably afraid to spend money. And I was there you know, a couple of years ago, so I, I get it. I feel for you, honestly, I do. It's hard to spend money at first, but at 50 bucks a month, or I think it's 30 if you're just buying one program or 25 or something like that. Uh, you know, it's allowed me that $50 directly translates, directly translates to probably 700, 800 a month. Okay. And then the, the 35 or $40 that you might spend on a, a package of fonts with an extended license, um, you know, that is a one-time thing. And, and the, you know, I think I've probably bought two or three of those at this point. So let's just say a hundred dollars. I've spent a hundred dollars on fonts maybe, and that's probably directly translated to probably three or 4,000. Okay. And you know, it, it, it's just people have no problem investing a hundred thousand dollars into a bachelor's degree that might provide them, um, you know, some salary, whatever it is, 70, 80, 90, hundred thousand uh, dollars a year for the rest of their career. Right. And it might take them 15 years to pay that loan off or 20 years or whatever. Um, but then, <laughs> then they'll come to myself or someone else I know, you know, in the print on demand space, and they'll kind of balk at having to invest a couple hundred dollars three, $400 over the course of a year on font libraries, vector packages, uh, licenses, um, 
and everything else I just mentioned, you know, the, the licensing, the, uh, for, uh, Photoshop or illustrator. So my point is, <laughs> and I think any, anyone who's ever built a business will say this, investing in yourself is never a bad thing. And if you want to build a five or six figure business out of this platform, this business model, like this person who came to me, uh, does, then you are going to encounter so many more issues and significantly lower the possibility of this happening if you're unwilling to spend some time, and I'll talk about the time in a second, and money up front. That's just the way it is. It's the way it's going to be. Um, you can do everything free. It's going to take a lot longer. And uh, when I say a lot longer, I mean a lot longer. Now, as far as the time investment, this person also... And this is kind of what warranted the reason for this podcast episode. This person does not want to spend more than a couple hours a night kind of here and there working on this. Now, that's the other thing that's going to cripple any momentum that they might be able to pick up. And it's also going to be slow just to try and pick up that momentum. If you've listened to this pod podcast before and I've talked about Amazon Merch or you're familiar with the program anyway, you know that it's on a tiered system. So you start off at a low tier, usually around 10 shirts. And that's basically means that's the amount, the total amount you're allowed to sell. And you're only allowed to upload two to five a day. So you're on this tiered system and they don't upgrade your daily upload allowance or your tier cap until you've basically proven yourself by selling shirts. So you have to be willing to put in the time and energy to actually get solid designs out there and tear yourself up and actually start pulling sales. You have to be able to, to invest all that those resources early so that you can really kind of start to master the game as early as possible. And when I hear people say they only want to spend an hour or two here and there, but they want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year selling t-shirts passively from home. I, it's like, it's almost baffling to me. It, and, and like, it almost sounds like they deserve it when they haven't even done any of the work. They, they see someone like me and I, and I pull, you know, whatever, let's just say on average, 1500, dollars a month uh, is kind of, you know, where we're looking, you know, it took a lot of work just to get there. And I know plenty of people in the space, some of them more successful than me, some of them less successful than me. I know people that have spent a lot more time and energy than I have, and they pull like less than half of what I am, am generating right now. So, you know, it, and they're just going after different niches. That's all. I'm not trying to say that I'm more skilled or that I'm special. It's just, they're going after different niches and their strategy is a little different and they're testing different things and whatever. But my point is that they're putting in tons of work. Okay. And they're seeing their results. I'm putting in tons of work and I'm seeing my results and other people I know who are making a lot more than me have put in even more work than I have. So just for anyone who's, who's wondering if they can just jump on this bandwagon of selling shirts, it's, uh, it's not easy. It's, um, well, again, it's simple. It's not easy. So it takes time. It takes energy. And one thing that people always talk to me about, and they always bring up with me is that back on one of the earlier episodes, I talked about a strategy that I use called, uh, I refer to it as micro sprinting. It's just kind of a name that I made up. And it's a tactic that I, I sort of 
built out of necessity and um, it, it really does work, but I need to really talk about it. So micro sprinting for me, that is, it's essentially my ability to, and anybody can do this by the way, my ability to set aside short bursts of time. For me, it is literally 13 minutes. And in that 13 minutes, I can dial in um, like 1 million percent focus. And in that 13 minutes, I'm able to do more, believe it or not, in that 13 minutes than I can a lot of times in a half hour or 45 minutes. Or if I just have an open-ended window of time, a lot of times a good amount of that time goes wasted just because of like, I'm not, I'm not focused enough. Um, so it absolutely works. And the reason that I had to develop that is because, uh, when I, when I really just started getting into building businesses and, and, and stuff like that and trying to figure out online income streams, stuff like, you know, I, I just, I, uh, my son was young. I think he was three at the time. And, uh, if you've raised a child, you know what a three-year-old's like, the attention that they need to do just about everything is, is very high. So as a result, I sort of developed this strategy out of necessity where I'd be like, all right, you know, I'm talking to my wife, like, all right, you know, baby, can you just keep an eye on them? I got to run downstairs. I got to do some stuff. And I would set my timer for different periods of time. And I, I tested this through over the course of a few months and I, I arrived at this number, 13 minutes. Now, sprinting in general for efficiency and getting stuff done and like productivity, I didn't make that up. That's not something that I pioneered. But what I did do that was, a, I, thought, I think, a little original was I tried to see how small I could get that pocket of time where I could still actually be efficient. You know, you'd think you can't get anything done in 10 minutes. I personally have a hard time getting stuff done in 10 minutes. Um, but that 13-minute range, that is a sweet spot for me. It's, it's not quite long enough where I'm disconnected from the family and you know, I, I, am it's not like I have just like shut them off and I'm, I'm gone. Um, but it's not short enough where I can't actually get anything done. So I actually take my phone and I'll set it to 13 minutes and I will just drill into whatever I have to for 13 minutes and I won't do anything else. I won't take a sip of water. I won't look at my phone. I won't eat anything. I won't talk to anybody, nothing. Right. Um, and you'd be amazed just what people can do in 13 minutes. And it starts to make you wonder just how efficient you are, how productive you are, or lack thereof when you're actually at work. Or if you have an open-ended amount of time, like, you know, oh, I don't have to do anything for four hours, so let me just sit down and get stuff done. You'd be amazed how much of that time goes wasted. How many times you look down at your phone and you find yourself on Facebook, or you find yourself on Instagram, not actually doing anything, just scrolling through whatever stuff is on your feed. Uh, that is what happens to most people. That's the problem. So micro sprinting is basically taking all of the opportunities that you have to do something inside of like a 60 minute window and just cramming it all together into one small window of time. For me, that's 13 minutes. It's, it works. It's tried and true. I love it. Um, I still use that strategy all the time. I really do, but I need to explain another tactic that I use. that's a little bit more typical. Okay. So by doing that for so long, by using micro sprints when my son was younger and, you know, when we had a situation going on where I needed to be, you know, basically upstairs more while he was awake or, you know, whatever. Um, I, I use that strategy a lot more now 
and that I have more time. Now he's six, he's going on seven, he's a little bit more mature in the sense that he can be alone, you know, he can um, do his homework at the table, believe it or not. Uh, he reads, he, um, when he's winding down, he'll, he'll jump on, uh, on uh, my phone or something, or his, uh, you know, PlayStation or something. He'll do something by himself, play Legos, whatever, he's, he's six, right? But he can do that alone for a little while while my wife is doing her thing and I'm doing my thing. So I'll have an hour. And by doing this, uh, by practicing micro sprints for the past couple of years, I've actually been able to find my stride in efficient productivity in a pocket of time, whatever it is. So with all the things I've got doing now, I still use, I still use sprinting strategies, but I will make them longer. Right, so I will extend that out, um, and sometimes I'll extend that out for two hours, and I'll do that in thirteen-minute windows. And believe me, that's not the same as working two hours straight. It's working in thirteen-minute bursts. And by doing that, I've actually been able to be ridiculously productive, which is awesome. And that works for me, and I think it can work for everybody. But that strategy is—I've had mixed feedback on it. Some people thinks think it's uh it, it's bullshit and that's fine and some people think that it's actually kind of intelligent and that's cool too I, I you know i think that everybody should give it a shot if they think it's something that would work for them if you're a busy parent or you know you're a, an aunt or uncle or a, you know you have a, a younger um whatever a niece or nephew or something and and they're in the house all the time and you just you, you know kids generally uh, if they're kind of taking away all your free time this strategy worked for me and I, I think that it could probably work for just about any household where this type of environment is going on. And again, that's how it was born and, and that's how it was used. And that's what helped me develop the productivity capabilities that I have. So I wanted to really explain that. Um, but that was my way of being able to actually work hard when I didn't have time to put in a ton of work, if that makes sense. Um, now that things have opened up, I can actually work hard for a longer period of time. And, you know, the, again, the point of this podcast is, is kind of to ask you and, and grill you on just how hard you're really working at what you want. So if you're actually trying to build a business or if you're actually trying to get the body that you want or you're actually trying to write music in the volume that you want, you know, like a quantity of, of tracks or whatever or, or minutes of music or you're trying to write a book, right? You know, how hard are you actually working? Like all of the growth in whatever you're trying to do comes from those those really 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 hard difficult periods of time or difficult tasks or difficult sections so and i've been playing guitar for a long time uh 21 years and you know a funny thing happens after 21 years you get really good at stuff right it's a lot of experience but i know plenty of people that have been playing guitar almost as long as i have and they suck and the reason is, is because I actually practiced the stuff that was hard, the stuff that was not fun, the stuff that was really, really difficult, kind of like the, like the, the next level type of stuff that people usually quit during. You know, everyone wants to be a guitar player that's, you know, they want to be like a Metallica or something when they first start until they realize how hard it is and then they quit. Well, you know, when you get into those drills those uh, those those techniques, those really really difficult techniques, and you have to practice them. They're not fun, 
But if you sit there and you grind through them over and over and over and over again, do repetition, develop the muscle memory, right? Develop the calluses on your fingers and ingrain it into your, you know, your, your mind or whatever, ingrain it into your, your, your musicianship, then it's there and it's hard and it's painful on the hands. Honestly, it's painful. It's painful on the patience. Um, but that's how it gets there, right? In fitness, um, I don't know anybody. I've ne- and I challenge you to to find the person that goes against this. But I don't know anybody who's gotten a a bodybuilding style physique or a competitive athlete physique without going through the pain and suffering of those those extra reps or those extra sets or those those reps that require the person to push past that fatigue point or maybe they need a spot or something it's it's those ones that they like almost physically can't put up right or it's that extra mile you know um same thing with you know athletes that are training for a sport it's it's those extra hours those extra those extra shots you know that extra hour of shots or something like it's all that extra stuff and building a business is no different in fact building a merch business is no different if you're if you're into this right and you're building a merch by amazon business because people bring this up a lot you know it's one thing to go onto a platform like merch informer and don't get me wrong i love merch informer neil lassen he's a great dude i interviewed him on the podcast I'm a paying member of Merch Informer and I use it every month. Um, I use it all the time. It's great. I use the app too. But it's one thing to go on Merch Informer and look at some designs and then go try to make a better version of those designs in Illustrator and then put them up on Merch by Amazon. Right? You could do that. That's great. Um, and it works sometimes, most of the time. It, it can, it can, let me just say this, it can work sometimes. Um, what it, what it really does. And what I think Neil's real intent with that was, is that it inspires, right? It inspires you to be creative. Um, I don't think Neil would ever tell you, I'm not putting, I'm honestly putting words in his mouth right now, but I don't think he would ever tell anybody to take a design that's up there and make one minor tweak to it. Like find a, you know, a hot seller or something, make one minor tweak to it and then put it on Amazon. Um, not only will you typically not generate sales from that because it's really not any different and the other one's already selling. So it's just going to be impossible for you to catch up. Um, not only will you not generate sales from that, it's a waste of energy and it doesn't inspire any creativity on your end to find your thing. So that's a recipe for disaster from day one. Like you're never going to be able to build a big business out of that on a print-on-demand platform. Now, what Merchant Former is awesome for and why I use it and why I think most people who are successful that use it, use it, is because it inspires. You can go on there and see what's selling and you can just get like waves of inspiration. Like you can draw waves of inspiration from it. It's awesome in that regard. You can look at what's selling and you can say, oh man, that's really cool. But you know what would be awesome is if like you take that idea and you kind of merge it with this and you kind of do this and make this change and all of a sudden you're building a design that's not really at all the one that is selling all, like currently, but it's maybe around that same niche or it's 
kind of like similar in, in nature, but it's so different that it's quite possible that two different people would want those two different shirts and that they wouldn't like, there'd be no crossover in the middle. You know what I mean? So it's, it's great to do that, but just don't think that a tool like that is going to do all the work, you know? So like the hard work of, of seeing how the system works and seeing what's currently selling and seeing how like the bullet points and descriptions are crafted and seeing how the designs are kind of put together um, in certain niches because they're definitely not all the same and um, seeing what niches themselves or niches are, are big and which ones aren't and which ones are kind of wider and which ones are kind of deeper. All of that takes work and that can't really even be taught necessarily. Um, if you hopped on a coaching call with me or you hopped on a coaching call with somebody else, I could run you through my designs. I could run you through my bullet points. I could run you through all my listings and stuff. And that might show you what's working for me, right? But A, you couldn't go and and duplicate all my shirts and put them up on Amazon and expect to get the same results. In fact, you would not get the same results because I already have sales. So I already have rankings and there's just really no way for you to compete if you're just copying the designs. So you would have to, in order to take those niches and, and, and kind of exploit them to your benefit and, and, and generate sales and be highly successful with it, you would have to take those designs and there's nothing wrong with this. You would have to take those designs draw inspiration from them in a way where you could create your own designs that are radically different, but similar and cater to the same niche, but have your own creative spin and uh, generate your own sales and, you know, aren't necessarily directly competing. You know what I mean? So that's what takes work. And that's what you have to figure out. You have to get a feel for it. It's almost, a, it's a little bit of an art form, a little bit of analytics, and it just takes experience. It takes practice, which is why, you know, no bot is ever going to be able to successfully like generate a, a, a successful merch by Amazon or print on demand business. Okay. It's just not, um, and you know, back to the person that I've been kind of interacting with lately who wants to put in just this menial amount of time, but ex has the expectation and almost, almost like expectation of they deserve it sort of thing, um, of having a six figure <laughs> merch by Amazon business with just a couple hours a day here and there. Uh, got, if you listen, you can't have that mindset. You just can't. You can't, if any, if, if people could build a six figure business with a couple hours a day here and there, everybody would do it. Right. It's, uh, I, there's a reason that I don't try to sell anything. I don't try to sell any courses. I don't try to sell any secret like webinars on how to be great at stuff is because it's not true. <laughs> it's just, it's not. Um, I think all that tactical stuff is, I just, I just don't really believe in it. I just don't, I don't know anybody who's really done well in an ethical way doing anything like that. So it's just the way it is. Now you want to build something, you want to build something great. You want to build a sales uh, funnel of some sort that actually generates revenue. You want to create an income stream. That's awesome. 
um, the way to do that is work hard, right? Put in extra time. Business is extra everything, everything. You can't send one or two emails or one or two direct messages, right? You can't like a couple of posts and then drop a comment in someone's Instagram and expect them to want to collaborate with you on some big like sales activity. No, it's extra everything. And I have found through experience now that if you actually spend, and this is harder than most people think, but if you actually spend four hours at a time, four hours, right? What's that? 240 minutes. I do that math, right? 240 minutes. <laughs> What's 240 divided by 13? However many micro cycles that would be, right? 240 divided by 13. That's like 18 um, sprints, micro sprints. Anyway, if you spent four hours, and I know because I've done this, on a social media platform, any one of them, finding people that are interested in what you're trying to do and you contact as many as you can, all of them, for four hours and try to talk to them and try to find out you know, what they're doing and who they are and what they want to do and all that stuff and actually engage, that is how you find the people that are going to help you get to where you want to go. Right? I don't know any other way to do that. And I didn't, I didn't really like, you know, I didn't make that up. Um, you know, of course, anybody knows how to DM people on a social media platform. Everybody knows how to email people. Um, it just comes down to finding people and finding people is the hard work. Finding and contacting people is the hard work. But those extra DMs and, and those extra messages and those extra collaboration attempts, all that stuff is what makes your business model that you're trying to do possible. It's relationships. You can't do everything alone, period. You just can't. So uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, I am going up to MIT. And that's, if you're not familiar with it, um, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. It's um, one of the more prestigious tech schools in the Northeast. United States. And it's, um, anyway, they're huge on tech, um, huge on innovation, invention, entrepreneurship. And I'll be up there meeting with a few people and we're going to see where it goes. There's, um, some really cool opportunities there. So I'm pretty excited about that. And, uh, who knows, maybe one or both of uh, the guys I'm meeting with tomorrow would want to be on the podcast sometime. I'm not sure, but, um, anyway, you know, take inventory of just how hard you're working and be honest, <laughs> be honest with yourself. Cause the longer that it takes you to realize that you're half-assing or the longer it takes you realize, like takes you to realize that you're lying to yourself about how hard you actually want to work is you're just delaying the inevitable, right? So if you can truly admit that you are not working hard enough, if you can say that out loud, right? If you know it's the truth, say it out loud. Like actually say the words out loud, uh, whether you're in a room alone or, or whatever. Um, you know, that's the, the hardest part, basically. It's admission, right? If you can admit that you're half-assing, it makes it a lot easier to figure out whether you want to actually ch like change that, change your behavior so that you actually are working hard towards your thing or 
that you actually don't really want to work that hard and you'd rather, you know, chill and, and do other stuff and not work and not build something and just work your job, which is fine too, right? But you have to figure it out. And part of figuring it out, I'd say the main part of figuring it out is just admitting who you actually are and admitting what your work ethic really is and what you actually want to do, right? Because a lot of people want to build a business. A lot of people want to build a merch by Amazon business, clearly, but they don't actually want to work for it. So nothing is going to be handed to you, right? Uh, No one cares. No one's going to do it all for you. So you have to do it yourself. And if you don't want to do it yourself, it's better to admit that early so that you don't waste time, right? You don't waste time doing something that you actually don't want to do, right? Because honestly, if you're trying to build a business, but you actually don't really want to build a business, that's a lot of work, a lot of stress, a lot of money that you're going to be losing for what? For something that you don't actually want to do. So don't do it unless you actually love it and you actually want to do it. And that's it, guys. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Again, take inventory. Just try to admit to yourself who you actually are, what you actually want, and how hard you're willing to work to actually get that thing. So again, with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode. Thank you guys so much for checking it out. If you haven't left a review yet on iTunes, I would really appreciate that. You can do that through your iPhone now. It makes it really, really simple. So again, um, and you know, share this with a friend. If you have a friend that's like-minded and maybe has an interest in building a business or has an interest in building something or starting something, uh, I'd really appreciate it if you could share it with them. So anyways, take care and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Mm-hmm.